Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout. And he blasts one. Way back. Go. Cody Bellinger. Hits one out. Pete Alonso. He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, hello, everybody. Yes, it is A's Cast Live. For one hour. One, that's all we got is one hour. One hour? But in that time, you're going to hear the Bob Melvin Show. Caught up with the skipper earlier today in Kansas City. So a lot to get into with Bob Melvin talking about last night's win, 19-4. to How does he feel about the mercy rule? Because the skipper for the New York Yankees, Aaron Boone, he hates what he saw last night. Now, obviously, he didn't see the A's game, but he's talked about it. He doesn't like the fact that whether he's got to use a position player or another team has to use a position player, he's all down for a mercy rule. Last night would have been the perfect mercy rule because we saw multiple position players pitch. So we'll ask Bob about that. We'll ask him about duct tape. Yes, it's starting to catch on. My nickname for Mark Canna, duct tape. We'll ask him about Canna. We'll ask him about Simeon. We'll ask him about Brown. Seth Brown made his debut last night. I don't know, but I guess it's one of the romantic things about the game. It's like no other. I don't know why. The other sports just don't seem to celebrate debuts like we do in baseball. But there's something just romantic about a guy's debut. It's so special. A guy who has grinded. And hockey does have minor leagues. You know, basketball, basketball, you know, what, what do they call it? The G League or the D League or whatever the hell it's called. But it. You know, football, minor league system is college football. So, you know, when you make an NFL team, you're playing in preseason. It just just doesn't have that feel. And last night, you just think about a guy who's 27 years old. You think about all those. I, I can tell you, I hated it. I hated traveling with a minor league team. I couldn't stand it going into small towns, because I did the San Jose Giants, and this was right after I got done playing in college. So I'd already ridden buses in college. Now you're going to San Bernardino. You're going to Lancaster. You're going to High Desert. You're going to Stockton and Visalia and Modesto. I'm like, oh, my God, get me off this bus. Yeah, I, I did it for like two years. I'm like, this this lifestyle stinks. But that's what these guys do, and they grind it. And, I mean, they really grind it. And then you don't know if you're ever going to get a shot. You're 27 years old. We talked to Joseph recently, who had some big league experience, but, you know, he's now in his 30s. He's still in the minor leagues. I mean, you got kids. 
you got to start thinking about, okay, how am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to put a roof over our heads long term? And if you're not building a career, like that would scare the heck out of me as a parent and a husband. Like if you're in the minor leagues in your late 20s and in your 30s, you're not building a career. You're not you're not building something that's going to be long term. So I give these guys credit who who stick it out. Cuz it's not easy. You know, what's your career going to be all of a sudden if you know someone release you, you're like 30 31. Maybe you've made the relationships you're going to be able to coach. But it is, you know, pretty cool to watch a guy come up for the first, and he gets a base hit. How about that? And it's a blue base hit, but you know what? As my late mother used to say, it's a line drive in the book. It's a line drive. And then his next at-bat, he drives in a run, so he's two for two in his first two at-bats in his career. That That was a lot of fun last night. So the A's, after two disappointing losses to the San Francisco Giants. They opened up a can of you-know-what on the Kansas City Royals. 19-4 to with 22 hits, both a season high, and a lot of good stuff came out of this game. Ken Korak, your voice of summer, is talking about Marcus Simeon being an MVP candidate. That's how good he's going right now. Seven RBIs last night, no leadoff hitter since 1920 for the A's, not even Ricky Henderson ever had seven RBIs in a game. I mean, Marcus Simeon right now, his weighted runs created plus, that is a stat that people like to use because it kind of encompasses everything about your game and adjustments to everything, league, ballpark, and everything. And anything over 100, you're you're, you're styling it. And he's at 125. He's higher than Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Only guys who have a better weighted runs created plus is Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, both at 129. But, of course, Matt Olson hasn't played the whole season. And Matt Chapman has gone through times where he's been really streaky, good and bad. Marcus Simeon's year... I mean, all you got to do right now is go to baseball reference where I'm at. You'll see that Marcus Simeon's war is at 5.7. That's one of the best in baseball. But he's just filling up every category. You start looking at his season, he's got 145 hits. He has scored 94 times. What's the name of the game? Scoring runs. He's got 23 bombs, 69 RBI, 70 walks, and 848 on uh, OPS. 34 doubles, 6 triples, and he plays every day. And he shows up and plays every single day. Marcus Simeon needs to be talked about as an MVP candidate. And you can text us at 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. I know that is the phone number for when we're on 860, The Answer, doing our post-game show. But with our millennial technology, we can't take phone calls, but we can take text. And I will take your text on anything that you want to talk about. You can talk about Mark Canna, the reigning American League Player of the Week. He just continues to hit. Duct tape. Mark Duct Tape Canna. So we had him on the program yesterday. Of course we had him on the program. We're Ace Cast Live. So he comes on the program, gets the award, talks to the media, talks to this show, and simply goes out and goes three for six. Mark Canna right now is so hot, it's stupid good. He's got a 10-game hitting streak. He's hitting 452 during that time. Why does Siri always pop on when I'm doing the show? I'm not touching my phone. My phone's charging. And did yours yours come on? I think I have Siri turned off for that. 
But it's one of those words you say and it pops up. I don't know if it's canna. Canna. No. Simeon. MVP. It's, I think it says anything that sounds remotely close to Siri makes a pop up. Siri. Well, no. Oh, oh, there it is. Siri, how good is Marcus Simeon? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So Mark Canna during this 10-game hitting streak has five jacks and 11 RBIs, hitting 452. That's just spectacular. You know who's not spectacular? And they're, they're hot garbage. If you follow me on Twitter, at Townsend Radio, I, haven't, I don't know if I've tweeted out this year, but I've tweeted in the past where the dumpster fire, where you got the dumpster and it's on fire. That's, these guys are a dumpster fire. What is the day today? Is it the 27th, August 27th? The Royals will be mathematically eliminated from the playoff, from the playoffs with a loss today. They will also be eliminated. Both the Indians and the Rays win. That's how bad they are. So the A's are 20 games over 500, while the Royals are 40 games under 500. I just got news on the Royals. Uh, according to the Athletic, Royals owner David Glass is discussing selling the team to a group headed by Kansas City native John Sherman. That's according to the Athletic. So the Royals are so bad they're looking at selling to a different guy. Well, hopefully, well, you know, th- th- this takes me back. And I don't, I don't, ha- has anybody agreed with me on, on how I feel about the uh, a salary cap? I, I, Fossey wasn't understanding it when I was explaining it to him. I think it's the only guy we ran it by. I need to start running this by, I, I have another theory. Some of my theories are phenomenal. Some of my theories are downright stupid. I don't, some of the theories we come up with on this program hit the audiences pretty well. The, the home run derby. The Mark Hanna duct tape, Mark Hanna and, and uh, others are in love with it. So. Okay, so he, he, here, here, here's what I want to do. And I'm starting to like our commissioner because the last guy was a boob, and I can't, couldn't stand him, and I can't believe he's in the Hall of Fame. You got all these guys who did steroids who can't get in the Hall of Fame. But you got the commissioner who knew they were doing steroids and won all these home runs to get the game back to where it needed to be, and he gets in. You got managers. Guy we just recently saw, Tony LaRussa. Tony knew what was going on. All these guys knew what was going on. Joe Torre knew what was going on. You kidding me? They are Bobby Cox. All these managers had steroid players who won them games, and they get in the Hall of Fame, but the steroid guys can't. Utterly ridiculous. Ask my man Jose Canseco. Are you kidding me? Everybody was doing it. And I mean everybody was doing it. But my theory, you know what? I'll give you my theory next. And I think baseball, now I don't know if baseball teams would like it. I don't know if ownership would like it. I don't know if New York, the commissioner's office would like it. But I think you, the baseball fans, would like it. I think you would love it. I will give you my theory next, right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. A special treat for you, and it's now up, and you can download it. Green and Gold History. Steve Vucinich, an hour on on everything A's from 1968 till today. Vuce has seen it all. So if you want to know about what A's history is like, everybody knows he's the historian. It's up right now, and then you'll also be able to hear it on A's cast. Okay, Bob Melvin going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour for the Bob Melvin Show. Here is my theory. Because I'm kind of getting tired of the, we're just going to stink. And teams are getting away with it. And what they do is they, they, they play the copycat game. And they say, well, it worked for the Astros. Well, it worked for the Cubs. Let me tell you something. Tanking will not work for everybody. 
Ask the Pittsburgh Pirates that were under 500 for 20 years. 20 straight years, they were under 500. It's wrong on all levels. And I don't. you cannot talk me out of this. This is bad for overall business. And this is one of the reasons why, and we addressed this in the build with Dave Cavill, that baseball is, it, it, they make themselves regional instead of national. And you see people become totally irrelevant. Like the Kansas City Royals are not far removed from winning a World Series, and if it wasn't for Madison Bumgarner, they could have won two straight World Series. And now they're going to be eliminated on August 27th. So what I would like to do is force teams, because, I mean, everybody's getting a piece of the pie. Every, every team's getting money for being in Major League Baseball. They're all getting money because of the app and merchandise and all this kind of stuff. You want to stink, that's fine, but you're going to pay for it. Like, an NFL team cannot say, you know what, we're just going to spend $10 million. You can't do, you have to spend, I mean, the TV money that's sent to you. A football team just can't say, hey, you know what, we're not going to pay anybody. They have to spend a certain amount of money. I want to do that in baseball. And I don't care what the Marlins think or what the Rays think. I say make it $70 million. Can you imagine front offices, how much they would change if they had to spend money? Can you imagine an owner saying, wait a minute, I have to spend at least 70 or $80 million? Uh, no way are we going to just lose. It would force people to have to try and win. Isn't that crazy? Think about that. Everybody trying to win the game. And what, what what fries me is when I hear people go, hey, listen, the guys on the field are trying to win. I don't care. They're irrelevant. Right now, you're a Kansas City Royal. They have a couple good players. But for the most part, their team's irrelevant. They're 46 and 86. They're 40 games under 500. The Orioles are horrible. The Tigers, they're a dumpster fire. But if you made everybody, because right now, what do we have right now in place? We have a system that tries to keep the big boys from completely overspending. They have levels of luxury taxes. And the more you're over the luxury tax year after year, the more you get burned and they start taking draft picks away. So we're so concerned with people trying to win. How crazy is that? We're more concerned about holding teams back who want to win versus teams that are not trying to win, and we're not trying to force them to win. We're allowing them to be losers, and they still profit. You can't tell me the Orioles don't have a TV deal. They do. The Orioles got a TV. Everybody's got a TV deal. Everybody's getting money from Major League Baseball. For God's sakes, what did every team, what was the amount of money? Look that up. The amount of money. When Disney bought the uh, Disney bought the technology from Major League Baseball and their app, every team got, what, $75 million or something like that? Cody's looking it up. It's something stupid what they all got. Everybody, every, everybody, every team now is worth over a billion dollars. Every single team. You want to sell your team? You're going to get a billion dollars, at least. So, you know what? Force these. Ten- and I think uh, you, you tell me at 510-897-1322. Would you like to see that? Would you like to see every team forced to actually have a, not only do you have a ceiling, but you have a floor? Would you like to see that? $50 million. Each MLB team got $50 million. 
Somebody said in the 408, now you're making my Siri go off, Downey. <laughs> yes, every Major League Baseball team was given a check for $50 million. Here you go. Free money. Free money. Can you imagine? You you want to rebuild? That's fine. But the guys on your team, they, they've got to make the equivalent of $70 million. Do you like that idea, Cody, as a guy that's a Pirates fan and watch your team go cheap for many years? I like your idea. Even, even though I'm a fan of tanking, I think it works when you do it right. I mean, the Sixers tried it. And as a Sixers fan, they tried it for how many years, and they finally got good after like five years. The Astros and Cubs are kind of an outlier because the Pirates did it for 20 years, as you mentioned, and they didn't get anywhere. Then they finally changed ownership and brought in the right baseball people to run the team. So if you do it right, it works, but it work, you see happen more often where teams don't do it right. The Marlins have been tanking for how many years, and they still haven't figured it out. They sell off every time they win a World Series, and they don't do anything. The Padres can't figure it out. I mean, the Mariners. At least the Padres are spending money, right? Yeah. They went out and got Hosmer. They went out and got Machado. At least they're spending money. I just the, – the fact that you're just – and I know, you know, there's outliers. Like Tampa didn't spend a lot of money, but Tampa's tied with the A's right now for the second wild card. The best example I always think of in sports for tanking and how it doesn't work, just look at the Edmonton Oilers of the NHL. They've, they've tanked like 15 years in a row. They've had the number one overall pick, I think, like seven times. And only one of those guys has paid off, and it's Connor McDavid, who might be the best player in the NHL. They had one season where they made the playoffs, and then they fired Todd McClellan for being too good. Edmonton was too good, so they fired their coach. That's, that was my theory. So they fired, so now they're back to tanking again. They, won, they made the playoffs last year, and then this season that just ended, they didn't make it again, and they fired their coach. Well, how about this as a baseball fan? If your team sucked, but you knew they were spending money, I don't know, man. Maybe this theory's not right, but wouldn't you just feel better about your team? At least you tried. I mean, you're dealing with human beings. You pick 25, well, really, it's your 40 man roster. But let's just say you pick 25 guys. You're spending at least $80 million, and it didn't work out. But at least you tried. There's a team in California that happens to every year. That'd be the Orange County Angels. They spend money all the time. But at least they try. At least they're trying, yes. You know, they go out and they get pool holes, and they go out and, and they get Otani. And, and they, they Josh Hamilton and C.J. Wilson, and they might get Garrett They're Paul. trying. It at least gives me a reason to go to the ballpark and, and watch games and spend my money. I'm going to spend my – if you're – like Artie Moreno, I'm not going to – I would I would give – if I lived in Orange County, I would go to games. I would be an Angels fan, and I would give them my money because – they're trying. They just signed up. They just signed up Trout, who's one of the greatest players of all time, for what four hundred thirty-five million. They're not going on the cheap. Okay, so they're not winning. Well, hey, t- hell, they're going to try and get Garrett Cole supposedly. At least they're giving it an effort. Like the Dodgers haven't won the World Series, but they're spending a boatload of money and they're about to win their division for the seventh straight year. I mean, if you're a Giants fan. At least, you're, at least in the past, you're, you, you know, you're paying guys and you're trying to win now after winning three straight. I just, it just, it, it floors me that we allow these teams to openly just say, "Hey, we're not spending money. We're gonna make money, and and we're and we're not gonna win." And oh, by the way, let's also throw this in there. It's kind of a little job security for these front office people, don't you think? Like, if you constantly say, hey, this is a five-year process, aren't you giving yourself five years of job employment? I mean, let's be honest. If you have to win, pressure's on. If if, If it's World Series or bust, as a front office person, there's expectations. You know, like in Philly right now, everybody's a little scared for the for, I, I, everywhere with the Phillies because they were supposed to win this year. But when you're a team that says, "Ah, I'm just going to get rid of everybody," we're going to play a bunch of young guys. It's it, it's like you're extending your run for sure. Like, 
hopefully I can turn this around in five years, but I'm going to have a job as a, as a GM or a president of baseball ops for five years. There's always an outlier to that, too. We saw it last year. The Rays did it where they started cutting people in the offseason, and everyone's like, oh, they're going to be really bad, and they end up being good. Same thing happened last year at the Pirates. They trade McCutcheon. They trade Garrett Cole, and they think, okay, we're going to play these young guys. We're going to rebuild. They didn't have a winning record. They didn't make the plus, so they finished with a winning record. And look at them now. They're 21 games under 500. they They're like 10 and 35 since the All-Star break. So I think that these – I'm with you 100%. I think that something needs to be done because in baseball, tanking doesn't work like it does in other sports. You have the Marlins. They got rid of Yelich. Now, you're probably saying it's smart they got rid of Stanton because he can't stay healthy. But at that time, Ozuna, Yelich, and Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Stanton, that's a crime. Now, if you were forced to spend money, you wouldn't be doing that. You'd be keeping players. I think people around the game, I think us fans would appreciate it more if we knew everybody was going to be for, hey, you want to tank? That's great. You're still spending eighty million. You're going to be tanking with a. You're going to be paying a bunch of nobodies a ton of money, whether you like it or not. So go ahead. You want to tank? That's your theory. That's fine. But you're spending eighty million dollars to do it. I love that idea. Tell me if you like. Tell me if I'm crazy. It's okay. My wife tells me all the time. Five one zero eight nine seven one three two two. I can handle it. Do you like my theory? Should we be taking this to Rob Manfred? Up next, more importantly, it's the Bob Melvin Show. We do it every week here on A's Cast Live and for A's Cast. You're going to hear from the skipper in Kansas City next right here on A's Cast Live. Hi, this is Eduardo Perez from ESPN. When I'm in the Bay Area, I make sure I listen to A's Cast Live. Well, now joining us is Bob Melvin, the skipper of your Oakland Athletics. It's the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live, presented by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com right now. Use the coupon code Oakland, and you will get 10% off your entire order. That's coupon code Oakland at nestbedding.com. Skip, how are we doing today? Doing all right. Had a nice game last night, so... uh it be tough to follow up 19 runs, but hopefully uh, the offense stays hot. What What is that like when you're managing a game and it starts to get out of hand and you know you're going to make changes, it changes the way you're going to deal with your pitching staff, uh, you need to get certain guys at bats. What, what is it like managing in a game like that? There's never an easy game. Even you know, you'd think a game like that would be easy, but you know, now you only got so many guys on the bench and you have to get out some of your regulars and you have to pick who you want to get out and uh sometimes seniority's involved, sometimes just, you know, workloads involved with position players, so uh, it can be a little bit difficult. And then, you know, obviously uh at the bullpen we wanted to get Puck in there and he was able to go a couple innings and kind of settle in a little bit and uh so, yeah, it's, it's you know, even though it's, it's, it's a win, you know you're going to win, you still have some challenges. Let's go over some of the great stories going on for, for your team right now. Mark Canna is hitting 452 during his 10-game hitting streak with five home runs and 11 RBIs. I've given him a new nickname, and, and we had him on the show, and he liked it. His new nickname is Duct Tape, So because wherever you've got a problem – He's like duct tape. You put him there, he fixes it. He did it DH. He did it at right field. He's now doing it in center field. Talk about your player who's the American League Player of the Week. Yeah, first base as well. And and I think he's probably even a little stronger than duct tape, even though I like the name as well. Um, but he, he's been absolutely fantastic. You know, player player of the week for a guy that's not usually a an everyday player uh, is quite a feather in their cap. So I know he was pretty excited about it. The numbers would suggest and warrant that he was player of the week, and guys were celebrating it pretty good the other day. So uh, he's pretty well-liked in this clubhouse as well. It was, it was pretty cool. And then his close friend, Marcus Simeon, what he has meant to your team, probably your MVP, and he should be an MVP candidate if you look at all of his numbers. Seven RBIs yesterday, a career high, the most RBIs by any leadoff hitter since 1920 for the Athletics. Your shortstop, talk about how he's on fire. 
yeah, it's, he's, he's just amazing and continues to just get better and better and produce more in the leadoff spot. I think the common denominator between those two is they went to the great University of California, and uh, both those guys showing up pretty good right now. So, you know, Mark has been so consistent, played every game, wants to play every game. You know, obviously, what, six or seven RBIs last night on a leadoff spot, you don't see that a whole lot. Wow, you really went there with Cal, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I had to. <laughs> well, both these guys. And you know the cool thing, too, is, you know, they played college ball together, and they're so close. And to watch both of them really blossom in their prime is really cool. You, you don't see that too much for two college teammates get to play together. No, and not, in, you know, in, in in the area where they, they played college ball, which is, which is even, even cooler. So, um, you know, everybody knows these guys in the, in the East Bay and, and they, you know, continue to support Cal, uh, the athletics there. And Mark is even going back and trying to get his, finish up and get his degree. So to be able to do that in a, in a place that you went to school in an area you went, you know, you, you grew up, uh, there's nothing like that. And, and both these guys feel it and both of them embrace it. Aaron Boone, the skipper of the Yankees, recently said he'd like to see a mercy rule because he doesn't like throwing his own position players out there or he doesn't want to face position players. Last night would have been a great example as the Royals were throwing out multiple position players on the mound. How would you feel about a mercy rule? Uh, I don't know about a mercy rule, but, boy, it is tough. to. I, I just would have a tough time throwing two position players out there and finishing up three innings of a game. Um, you know, you can option guys down and in the position that they're in and, and bring somebody else up. But, yeah, I agree. It's pretty uncomfortable. You know, the, the guys don't really want to hit off a position player. Um, it, it's, it certainly, you know, lessens the game a little bit and from a fan uh, standpoint too so um you know i don't know about a mercy rule but but maybe something needs to be done about that because you're seeing it more and more now uh, especially with the workloads that you have from bullpens and the innings that that, that bullpens are accumulating over the years now uh there there definitely are times you have to do that when you're behind and you know last night was probably a little out of the ordinary with two guys finishing up three innings and now we have seen this season it is crazy how many pitchers have come out of the bullpen and only faced one batter. It's a record amount, and that's going to change next year. Next year, you're going to have to face a minimum of three. How do you feel about that rule? Do you like it, what's going to happen next year? Well, I had a game the other day where I felt like I used my entire pitching staff and the double-A staff and the triple-A staff all like in one inning, it felt like. So um, I, I don't know that I like it, and, and I don't know that it's, it's, gonna, it's for certain. I mean, there are a lot of things that are thrown out there and then taken off the table you know, maybe used as a negotiating tactic. But if it comes to fruition, then it comes to fruition. Um, you're going to have to have some lefties. They're going to have to be able to go through a righty. Um, you know, I think there's going to be, uh, along with that, if a guy finishes an inning, he can he can just face one guy. And then uh, if he doesn't get that guy out, now, now maybe you're up against it a little bit with the next guy. So, uh, you know, it, like anything in the rule changes here in the last few years, if it if it does happen, then you have to adjust, and then you have to proceed accordingly with what you think your pitching staff will be, which could be a little bit different, uh, you know, starting next year as well. Bob Melvin Show brought to you by NestBetting.com. Go to NestBetting.com. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. Seth Brown made his debut last night, and there's just something so genuine and something so special about a guy who finally gets called up it's his dream to play in the big leagues, and you see the parents, and you see the family on television, and he gets the base hit, the bloop base hit in his first at-bat, then gets a base hit and RBI in his second at-bat. What's it like for you as a manager when these guys make their debuts and they have success? It's awesome. And, you know, especially for a guy like this, he's it's not like he's 22 years old and getting to the big leagues. He's, what was he, 27 or 28 years old, I think. And, and has fought his way through the minor leagues. You know, everybody dreams of getting to the big leagues. And, you know, a guy that's not on the roster, so, you, you know, do you, do you figure it's going to happen? You know, some other guys down there doing well. It was really fun for everybody here. And, you know, he gets to hit his first time up. He gets to hit his second time up. And he was standing next to me, uh, you know, about to go up for his third time. I go, are you having a little fun? And he looked at me and he goes, this is, I can't even explain it. So, you know, those those are the things that you that really make you feel good, especially in games like that that got a little out of hand, knowing this guy is going through an out-of-body experience and, and experiencing something that he's been dreaming 
of as, as a kid. So, yeah, it's it's one of the really, really great things about baseball. Why is it important for you to get a guy like that in right away? I've noticed that over the years. You want to get them playing right away. Yeah, it's, you, know, you just feel like you're part of it right away. You feel like you're part of the team. You sit around for a couple of days sometimes, and you get nerves, and, and you're not sure when you're going to get in there. And, you know, the nerves can, can build a little bit and mount, and, and maybe you're not ready for it. Um, it's great to get these guys involved right away. And a lot of times when you bring a guy up, it's out of a need for, you know, potentially that particular day, um, you know, with Biscotti going down and, and him being another left-handed bat, he was going to be in there regardless yesterday. Um, but it, it, you know, you just feel like you're a little bit more part of it and, and you don't have to sit around and be nervous about it before you get in the game. And yesterday you had a really good game by your DH, Chris Davis, and it's just kind of been the, the ongoing question, and no one has really had the answer. How do you get him going again? Do you see a game like this maybe getting him back on track? Well, it's a start, and I think, you know, two games, maybe three games in a row, and then then maybe we're past this. It's, it's been a difficult period for him. It's a di- difficult period for us. You know, when you're that consistent, and, you know, every year you hit 247, every year you hit over 40 home runs, and now you go through a significant period. It really weighs on you, and, you know, this guy really wants to be there for his team. So, um, you know, it, over the course of your career, if you have a long career, you're going to go through periods like this at some point in time. Uh, it's just they're tough to go through. So, you know, hopefully if we get him another good game today, maybe we start to get past it a little bit. How can you explain your dominance over the AL Central? You're now 18-5 and five versus them. And if you go all the way back to August 23rd, 2016, you're 70-24 and 24 against the Central. What is it about your ball club playing against the AL Central? Well, you know, if you look at it, uh, sometimes, you know, there, there's Cleveland in the past, and, and it seems like, you know, maybe everybody else. Certainly Minnesota this year is, is emerged and they're, they're a top team. So uh, this year, I'm not really sure, you know, maybe we're playing well at a particular time when we, when we come up against the central, you know, we've been lucky enough to, to force enough to play good against Cleveland here the last couple of years too. So um, not really sure. I, you know, you look at our division and, and when it's, when it's strong, you know, maybe not as strong as this year, it seems like everybody's good. Um, you know, I think there's there's certain point in times in each division where there's some soft spots. Maybe that's the case, but I think it's more when we do play the Central, we, we happen to be playing pretty well. So we honored the 1989 team this past weekend, and you had Hall of Famers, great players, Dave Stewart getting his jersey retired. Do you say anything to your players uh, uh, about watching this and understanding the history and the greatness uh, of what came before them? You know what I used to, um, I, not as much anymore. They, they know. And, and a lot of times guys are going through the routines to get ready for a game and, and they, they stay pretty consistent in that. And sometimes it's difficult to get out for it, but a lot of our guys were out there for, for maybe the, the towards the end of it. And I think that was neat because you, here you are at home, you're celebrating one of the great teams of all time. So many characters and so many great players amongst that group that, you know, it, it was really fun to, to sit out there and watch. And I think our guys started to trickle out a little bit, a little bit early, getting through the routines and watch it as well. Adds to the day, we had a big crowd, obviously, you know, playing the Giants and so forth. And just ended up being a fun day until actually the last couple innings of the game. And we really would have liked that win that game with, with a big crowd and those guys around. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. And I think about your career, and you got to play against those guys. Not exactly the – well, you did get to play because – no, you were, you were last with the Giants, I believe, in 88. But you got to play against the majority of those guys. What was it like competing against them? No, man, it was tough. I, I remember when I was with the Giants in, you know, like in 87, 88, uh, when those guys were, you know, kind of starting out doing their thing, that, that three-year run they had we literally would stay out and watch them take batting practice sometimes even during spring training because they had so many guys that that put on shows during during batting practice and so many big names that we we just kind of sit out there and watch them you know guys like myself and Matt Williams and Mike Aldretti and these guys you know we just coming up in our first couple of years um they they made a big impact and and there was you know that was the type of team that, that intimidated you a little bit um, and rightly so with the guys we have. So, you know, we, we got to play against all those guys, and now it's 
it's time to embrace it and, and celebrate what they accomplished. You know, we we're talking about how these guys were like rock stars, and they were kind of like, you know, how we, we view NFL people. I mean, that's kind of like what they were. When you look at Ricky Henderson and you look at Jose Canseco, I mean, this team was full of rock stars. I don't know if we see baseball teams like that anymore. No, all the way around the diamond, too. And, you know, Dave Henderson and, you know, the guys on the pitching staff and Dave Parker. And, I mean, these guys were just, you know, multiple all-stars. So it really felt like with that group uh, during that time that it was that you were playing an all-star team. And, you know, the fact that they were, you know, I think in three World Series in a row or, um, you know, would suggest they were that good. Um, and and it, it was just a team that you knew was coming in, you you knew you were going to have a tough time with them. You're hoping you were, you know, catch them when they're down. But man, you know, you have Ricky Anderson leading off the game, and usually he's getting on base or hitting a home run or something. You knew you were in for for a tough go against them. Let's end on this. You're going back to New York this weekend. Going to be a fun series whenever the A's and the Yankees get together. But for you personally, as someone who worked and lived in New York for years, how much fun is it for you to go back? Yeah, Yankee Stadium is a great place to play. And whether it was the old ballpark and, you know, was lucky enough to be part of the 2001 World Series with Diamondbacks when we beat the Yankees during that run that they had uh, to here recently, too, just going into the new ballpark. It's, you know, especially for younger guys, the first time in Yankee Stadium, it's just kind of, you know, you go into a, it feels like a baseball museum and there's an electricity about it. It's, it certainly is not tough to get up for games in Yankee Stadium. And of course, this year they have a really good team. So, I know our guys are looking forward to it. Yeah, I had a buddy that was just there, and and he's like, I, I can't believe there's some people who complain about this place. This place is incredible. Supposedly everything's immaculate. It's like a perfect ballpark. It is, and, and downstairs it's like no other ballpark. I mean, the, the the facilities and everything they have downstairs is is as first rate as you could, you possibly can get. Guys enjoy being in that clubhouse. Guys get there early to the ballpark just to kind of enjoy the facilities. So. Uh, yeah, it's a one-of-a-kind place. You know, we only go there once uh, during the season. I was really try to embrace it and spend as much time there as they can. All right, Skip, great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you, Tony. The Bob Melvin Show brought to you by NestBetting.com. That's NestBetting.com. If you're looking for the bed, this is the place to go. And green and gold fans, when you go there, use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. That's the Bob Melvin Show right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. You're not going to commercial? Dance, boy, dance. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that is the Bob Melvin show. How good was that? I texted Bob. I said, we need to get an Emmy. Can we get an Emmy for doing this? Can you get an Emmy for streaming? Maybe it's a new category this year. Maybe we can just nominate ourselves. Top streaming show? Top streaming station. I mean, seriously. Best producer. Streaming show or live? Best streaming producer. <laughs> hey, uh, we were, during the Bob Melvin show, we were crunching some numbers here. Um, this is really going to floor you. My whole, my whole deal that I'm trying to make people spend money in baseball. So, essentially, the Rays right now. So, they break that. You go to... Spot, what, what is it, spotrack.com? Spotrack. Spotrack is how you say it, Spotrack. So there's four There's four different, actually there's five different ways you look at payroll. There's your 25-man payroll. There's the payroll with the guys on injured reserve. There's a thing called retained. That's the combined retained payroll salaries for players released bought out or traded then there's buried the combined payroll salaries for any players buried in the minor leagues with major league contract earnings or guys that are or suspended so you got 25 man payroll injured reserve retained buried and suspended when we come back it's going to shock you what some teams are spending. And when I mean some teams are not spending a lot of money, wait to hear what the Royals are spending and what their new TV deal is going to get them. Unbelievable. We'll talk about it right here on A's Cast Live. 
Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Spotrack has got payrolls. Check this out. So the Kansas City Royals, their deal with Fox Sports Kansas City is has been up, and this is as of a couple days ago. So they're 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 negotiating a new deal somewhere between ten to fifteen years. And it's expected to bring the Royals somewhere between forty eight to fifty two million per year in rights fees. They're coming off an eleven year deal that was paying them twenty five million a season. So they're gonna probably get about fifty million a season in their new T V deal, which is supposed to come down here. This is just a couple days ago on MLB.com. Right now, the Kansas City Royals, for their 50-man roster, for their 25-man roster, so for the guys on their 25-man roster, $51,643,065. So essentially their TV deal would pay for their entire 25-man roster. Now, they've got all kinds of this injured money, dead money stuff, so their their entire payroll is $101 million. But just for their 25, check this out. You've got the Orioles 25 is under $40 million. The Pirates are only paying roughly under $31 million for the 25-man guys on their roster. I mean, are you kidding me? Tampa? Tampa right now, for their 25-man roster, they're spending $46,322,767. And all their money, the guys that are hurt and all that kind of stuff, their entire payroll, you count those five things that I told you about, their payroll is still under $63 million. That's a travesty. A third of that, a third of that is Charlie Morton's $15 million salary. Hey, yeah, it's a joke. You wonder why that they need to get out of St. Pete? I mean, it literally is a joke. There's a bunch of these teams that are spending no money on no money on their players that are currently on their roster. But yet, we're all freaked out that the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Yankees and the Dodgers all want to spend big loot. Like we want to keep them from spending. But, and we're going to punish them for trying to win. But these other teams who don't want to spend any money, we're going to be cool at that. So it looks like David Glass is negotiating the, the, the Royals owner. Okay. They're about to negotiate about a, around a $50 million deal for their TV money. And David Glass is negotiating the owner to sell to John Sherman, a local businessman. For how much? How much are they looking to sell the Kansas City Royals for? One billion. Now, when David Glass bought the team in two thousand, he paid ninety six million. So if he sells it nearly twenty years later, he'll make about ten times as much than he than he paid for it. He bought the team for ninety six million. He's Na- going to sell it for over a billion. Yep. It's almost like the Clippers. Remember when the Clippers sold to Steve Ballmer? How much they were? How much they were worth? Oh, they got over two billion dollars for it. What 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 did uh, Donald Sterling pay? I, I don't remember. Oh, nothing. It was nothing because it, it was. Did he buy one there? The San Diego Clippers or the L.A. Then he was. A, they were the San Diego. I was a little kid. They were the San Diego Clippers. He bought them for nothing. Sold them for over two billion dollars. So this so David Glass is going to sell to John Sherman. This is according to Jeff Passan of ESPN for one billion, ten times more than he paid for the team. Think ninety six million twenty years ago. Think about the Fisher family. What they buy the A's for? Like one forty or something like that. It was under two hundred million, and the A's, the A's went. If the A's went up for sale right now without the ballpark, they're worth over a billion dollars. Is that a good investment? You spend under two hundred million and make a billion. That's. I'd say you did well there. I think David Glass made a. He held on to this business for twenty years. Yeah, spent nearly twenty years. Spent ninety-seven million. Won a World Series. Went to two World Series. And now is going to cash out and make around nine hundred plus million dollars. 
Baseball needs to start forcing these guys to start spending some money. That That is the bottom line. One thing we wanted to get into today is, you know, the craziness of the American League. And, you know, we talked about how Marcus Simeon could be an MVP candidate. How about Justin Verlander? Our old friend Verlander, currently 15-5 and with a 2.77 ERA, but has allowed 33 home runs this season. Has this ever been done? A guy wins the Cy Young Award and he gave up the most home runs in the game? I would doubt that has never, ever happened. I, I, I would put money on it that that has never happened. The article you sent me last night that I read from Beyond the Box where they were talking about it and they're like, the number of guys to have uh, an ERA, ERA, or ERA minus of like 80 but a, a really high home run rate. The only guy, the only guys ever do it, Justin Verlander, twenty nineteen. It was the only guy on the list. The only guy. Guy's probably going to win the Cy Young Award and give up the most home runs in a year. Is that crazy? And his WHIP right now is the second lowest in the dead ball era. Well, it wouldn't be the dead ball era. Dead ball era was. Man, what are we? What are you writing here? The dead ball era was like before the forties. From the article I read, it said dead ball era. It was MLB.com. They they said that he would have the second lowest WHIP in the. But dead we're ball. not in the dead ball era. It said dead ball era in the article. We're in the live ball era, but yeah, we're in the live ball era. So basically, since in modern day baseball, since probably 1900. be the best. Whip. Pedro Martinez had a WHIP of .74, Verlander .81. That's how good he's going. Here's the here's the thing. Since 1988, here are some reasons where a pitcher has recorded an e- has recorded ERA minus, which I've never even heard of that stat. Neither have I. Under 65 and has a home run nine plus over 110. It's just Justin Verlander. He's it. But I tried looking up ERA. He's minus. in a category all by himself. I'm dominant, but yet I give up a ton of jacks. Yeah, and they mentioned like Doug Fister in here, and I look back the year Fister almost won the the uh, NL Cy Young. He only gave up like 14 home runs that year. So it wasn't like he gave up a ton. And then Kurt Schilling's mentioned where he struck out almost 300 batters in the same year where he won the Cy Young. Schilling never won a Cy Young. Well, the, oh, sorry, he finished second behind Randy Johnson. But he struck out 293 batters. He had a 298 ERA, but he allowed 1.3 home runs per nine innings. And, and think about Verlander with those 33 home runs. He's got a lot more starts left. Yeah, he might close on 300 strikeouts and 3,000 for his career, but he might give up over 40 home runs this year. <laughs> that is awesome. That, that Can you imagine Verlander wins 20 games, has an ERA under three, wins his second Cy Young Award, but gives up over 40 bombs. <laughs> oh, God, this season is comical. It really is comical. And the amount of pitchers being used, like you heard Bob Melvin say he felt like he pit, he pitched every single guy from uh, the big leagues down to A ball against the Giants in that one inning. Two decades ago, the average amount of pitchers per game was 2.6. Two decades ago, 2.6 pitchers a game. Now, as of last year, it's 8.7 a game we're seeing. A record was set last year for the most pitchers to appear in a game. There were 799 different pitchers to appear in a game last year. Yes, that is the all-time record. And then we had for you yesterday, if you recalled, that the amount of pitchers going into yesterday's game, I didn't check all the box scores last night, but going into yesterday's game, pitchers to face just one batter this season. We're in August. There's already been 765 times that a pitcher has only faced one batter. So what does that mean? Manager walks out, makes the pitching change. We go to the commercial break. Two-plus minutes go by. 
Guy pitches to one batter. Now the manager walks back out to the mound, pulls that guy for another guy, and then we go to commercial break again, another two. So next thing you know, you've added like 15 minutes, and a guy's only faced one guy. That's exactly why they are going to have the rule that you got to face a minimum of three batters. And in my, my, my research packet that I get, they actually chronicled this inning that the uh, Mets had. I, I, it was crazy earlier this year where they, they, they had a bunch of guys just come in and face one guy. And the inning just went forever. It was pretty funny. But that's what they're trying to get rid of. And that's the thing, like you think about if you think about that rule, that rule will now apply to a, a position player who's gonna pitch. And we're now getting to that time of the season where you're gonna see quite a quite a few position players getting into games. But as of next year, you're gonna have to face a minimum of three batters. I don't know. I, I I see both sides of this mercy rule deal. You know, in the end, players get paid for stats. And like like look at look at Matt Chapman and Chris Davis. Matt Chapman now the third Oakland A's third baseman, or I actually just thir- A's third baseman all time, right? To hit thirty bombs. Remember our guy JD only hit twenty nine. So it's Bando in 69, and it's Chavi, Eric Chavez, in 01 and 02. So only three times, or I should say only three A's, and I mean that counts Philadelphia, Kansas City, Oakland. Only three A's third basemen have hit 30 bombs. And I have a feeling Matt Chapman's going to do it more than two times. I have a feeling Matt Chapman, when it's all said and done, ink this kid up, and he will be your all-time leader in home runs for third baseman for the A's. And even though Chris Davis hit his home run yesterday off of a position player, maybe it's just one swing, one game that gets him back rolling again. Can you imagine with the way the, way the A's are going, 20 games over 500, and to get Chris Davis rocking again? That would be fantastic. Garrett Cole, by the way, looking at his numbers. So we so so basically Cole and Verlander are having the same exact year. Both are 15 and 5. Verlander's ERA is 2.77. Cole's is 2.75. Cole has struck out 238 batters, Verlander 239, but Cole's only allowed 24 home runs. I gave you enough time. I stalled enough. What do you got? So I found I found the guy who who won a Cy Young and led the league in home runs in 1971. The great Fergie Jenkins allowed 29 home runs and won the Cy Young. He won 24 and 13 with a 2.77 ERA and an incredible 325 innings pitched. Also, Dino has the most home runs ever allowed in a season. It's a Hall of Famer. Also, what's the number? 50. Wow, that is a tremendous amount of home runs. Um, most home runs in a season. And friend in of the, the friend of the program, Jim Palmer. No, think think. Burt Blylevin. Burt Blylevin allowed fifty home runs. What year was that? It was Blylevin allowed fifty in nineteen eighty six, and the next year he allowed forty six. Well, he was also pitching uh, later, in, the, in, his, in, later the, in his career, but he's pitching in the dome. Yeah, the hefty bag. But Fergie Jenkins was the one. By guy the way, I went there one time. The, the old the old Metrodome. The, wasn't the Hubert Humphrey Metrodome? Hubert H. Humphrey, Humphrey Metrodome. And uh boy did that place suck. It was I mean, it was god awful. By the way, Fergie Jenkins led the um Major League Baseball and home runs allowed in 67, 68, 71, 72, 73, 75, 79. Well, yeah, and he's he's playing for Chicago at Wrigley, and he's playing in Texas where the wind was blowing out. Don't forget Hall of Famer Fergie Jenkins. Yeah, wait, look, look at I me. Mean, look at his, look. Just look at the innings he pitched. 
Uh, he only he only pitched in four thousand five hundred innings. Go go down and give me like hey hey uh, these little butterflies that we have now on uh, on these pitching staffs and they can barely go six innings. You mean Garrett Cole who hasn't pitched in the eighth inning? Yeah, this year? Garrett Cole. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he goes six innings. Yeah, give give me Fergie's innings. Okay, the year he won the Cy Young, three twenty five, and then two eighty nine, two seventy one, three twenty eight, two seventy, two oh nine. Must have been a down year for him. One ninety three, then up to two forty nine. And then 259. Well, you skipped the first years where he's. Yeah, he's thrown over 308, 311, 313, and then the 325. These guys are going 300 innings. We can't even get guys to go 200. What or is, or who, six innings. What, what, what did somebody, was it Rich Hill with the Dodgers, said, oh, yeah, 160 is the new 200. Yeah, that was Rich Hill. Are you exactly. out of your mind? That's uh, that's. We can't get guys to go 200 innings? And this guy's throwing. 300, how many years in a row? One, two, four years in a row, you 300 plus. Innings. And you wonder why bullpens are getting worn out. Because they got to they gotta carry they gotta carry all the weight. Are you ready for a little buying or selling? Buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. So Ken Griffey Jr. was on uh, Monday Night Baseball last night. The Yankees were playing up to Seattle. Yankees won again. Uh, well, the Mariners are, really aren't playing for much. So it made me think of this. When you think of the best swings in all of Major League Baseball history, you think of Barry Bonds had a sweet swing, Henry Aaron, A-Rod, The Machine, Ted Williams, Tony Gwynn, Joe DiMaggio, uh, Pete Rose, my personal favorite, Ichiro. But last night, another legend in his own right, a different sport, well, he thinks that this guy has the best swing ever. The computer's frozen. Uh... Here we go. No, Griffey, you had the greatest swing and bat drop in Major League history. Yeah, I know. Yep, yep. I get it. I get it. That's why I love you. Super duper humble. But I'm going to say it for you. You had the greatest swing and bat drop in Major League history. Swag. Buying or selling, according to LeBron James, Ken Griffey Jr. had the greatest swing in the history of baseball. Selling. It was sweet. It was. No one was better than Ted Williams. No, I heard Buster only say this earlier on, on his podcast. And he said that Major League Baseball, him and David Schoenfeld from ESPN were talking about this. They should switch the logo from uh, this, the current logo, which I believe is it's, it's Harmon Killebrew as a logo, to Ken Griffey Jr. and have the backwards hat if you want to try to appeal to the younger audience. Buying or selling Ken Griffey Jr. as the new logo of Major League Baseball. Uh, what logo are you talking about? They're saying that one of the logos of the player and that like the, what the, the MLB logo with the player in the bat. They said that's Harmon Killebrew. I don't even know if I've ever seen that. That's what they were talking about. So, MLB logo. Um. He, he, here's my here's my problem with that. Is. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Harmon Killebrew. That's what they said. No, I don't like uh, the hat bat. No, I, and and I'm from the generation of the backwards cap. I'm the, I'm from the generation of we started Oakley, wearing Oakleys before big leaders did. Phil Nevin was the first guy. Um, Padre legend. Because the problem is, there's a lot of these kids who don't even know who Ken Griffey Jr. is anymore. That's fact. That's uh, right. That's, that's uh, the Italian selling generation, Gen Z. They don't know who he is. Yeah, I mean these Gen Z kids, they never even saw him play. So I don't know who you make the logo of. I didn't realize that logo is Harmon Killebrew. Yeah, when I heard that, I was a little blown away by that. Okay, so Christian Yelich. Yeah, if I don't even think like, do you think these kids even know what the logo is? Hey, by the way, youth baseball is up big time. It's up big time. We need to promote that A's thing with youth baseball. By the yeah. way, all kids in September are getting in free. Under 12, 12 and under, you get in free to the A's game. If you get in free, come see me in the treehouse. I want to say hello to you. So Christian Yelich appeared in the ESPN body issue. It's every year ESPN releases a bunch of athletes that appear naked in the magazine. You know, he joins a list of former players like A-Rod, Javi Baez, Puig, Stanton, and everyone's favorite Prince Fielder. There was a great a bunch of photoshops on Justin Verlander. And uh, Kate Upton's thing came out, and they put Verlander or Prince Fielder Photoshop behind Verlander. It was, it was all great. <laughs> well, a fan took to social media to show her outrage of Yelich posting um, naked, saying, how, how can you appeal? How can you do this when you have a lot of kids look up to you? It's disgusting. And Yelich's response was, 
relax, Roxanne. Buying or selling, everyone's life motto should be relax, Roxanne. I'm buying. What, why is the human body? Why are you at me? It's a human body. You know, we were born naked, by the way. Back in the day, everybody walked around naked. We are so freaked out about our bodies. Everything. I mean, it's just like, relax, Roxanne. Remember, CJ McCollum from the Blazers had one. She was like, win a playoff series. He's like, I'm trying, Jennifer. And that that took over on social media. Then they actually brought her on uh, SportsCenter when they finally won a playoff series this past year when they went to play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. So maybe think of that, and then the relax rocks. And uh, this is a good way to market Christian Yelich now. That should be his uh, team, his players' weekend name next year. Help, uh, relax, Roxanne. I like it. I'm buying. All right, last one. The Indians lost Jose Ramirez Ooh. for about five to seven weeks. The guy has been on absolute tear in the second half, hitting 327 with 13 homers and 47 RBIs. He was really bad in the first half. I'll just keep it quick here for you. The guy was uh, he was great the last two years. Buying or selling? The Indian season is now over. That Jose Ramirez has lost. I'm selling. This is going to be a battle to the end for these two wild card spots. A's are in a virtual tie with the Rays, and the Indians have a half-game lead. And last time I checked, I'll go to it real quick, uh, 2009 MLB predictions, 538. They've got the A's making the playoffs 76%. Have them make the playoffs. Have the A's winning 94 games. They were only supposed to win what? I think the the over-under in Vegas was like 78 or something. No, 80. I think they had them going 80, 80 and 82. 94 and 68. So they have a 1% chance to win the division. And they've got a 3% chance to win the World Series. But to make the playoffs, 538, these are the guys that, you know, they, they predict elections and everything. They got the A's at 76% chance to make the playoffs i'll take it all right coming up next the face of a's all night alex jensen and i will be back in moments getting you ready for a's baseball a's total access dave stewart you're gonna hear if you didn't hear Stu yesterday you're gonna hear Stu buying or selling we'll see a position player pitch tonight uh that was one of my buying songs i forgot buying you're buying buying, you're buying it'll, it'll happen somewhere in baseball oh no i'm talking about in this game buying you're buying okay All right, thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. Alex Jensen, well, is it Roxy tomorrow? Alex Jensen. Both days? Both days. Alex Jensen will be filling in for me because, unfortunately, I have to go to Seattle. Oh, my God. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.